Everyone here, hi. <laughs> um, oh, where am I from? Oh, I live in Palmy. Um, I've kind of moved around a lot. So my parents were born at like opposite ends of the country. So my dad was born in Auckland and my mum was born in Southland. And <laughs> interesting fact, we were born in the same year, like one day apart. Um, so I was actually born also in Southland. Um, but mostly grew up in Auckland, but not that much more. And then <laughs> I don't, I, don't I, I have to like choose where I tell people this. Um, and then we moved to Taranaki like when I was 14 for my family, yeah, for basically like my whole life. And some of the time when my family moved, yeah. Um, cool. So I am sharing on a coach this morning, which is awesome. Um, I was driving back to New Plymouth, um, and I decided to go to Surf, Surf Highway Way, um, and as you do when you're like driving along, um, your mind kind of wanders and you <laughs> think of your random stuff, so maybe that's just me, um, and I thought about like the Surf Highway, and I was like, oh, that's kind of like in the Bible, where there's a story about like the parting of the Red Sea, and um, <laughs> Because the Israelites like go through this like dry land, and there's like the sea on either side, so it's like they were kind of like going through a surf highway. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was like, oh, obviously, <laughs> we we haven't really been through anything like that, but um, yeah, just like the story that you guys probably know, because it's a pretty famous story. Um, so obviously the Israelites had been in Egypt for many years as slaves, and um, Pharaoh tried to destroy them many times, and there were. And God sent plagues, and then the Israelites caught up with the house, and then Pharaoh finally relents, and he um, lets them go. Um, so they finally leave, and they head out towards the promised land, and then he changes his mind and decides to, like, pursue them. <laughs> and so then um, they get to this situation where they're surrounded on all sides. Um, so, obviously, this is a bit more dramatic, I can tell you. But um, between a rock and a hard place, or between place and the sea yeah um and they're terrified they cry out to the to the lord and they question what's happening and has god abandoned them um and yeah my question is have you ever experienced this so that um experience of like your walls closing in and you feel completely hopeless and despair and you're in the middle of a terrible situation so um yeah i have an experience of this um which is a really desperate time in my life and um yeah, I haven't really shared this publicly before or addressed it, so that some of you guys already know a bit about it. Um, but yeah, this church is awesome because <laughs> everyone's like really real, so I feel like you can kind of share stuff like this, and um, that's what's really cool about it. Um, so where did I put? Oh yeah. Um, so I was a bit of a um, late bloomer when it came to meeting someone and getting married. So I didn't get married till I was 35. Probably just because I was not. <laughs> um, and <laughs> it seemed like everything was coming together, you know. So we had a good church and we had friends and we had a good place to live and we had nice jobs and stuff. Um, but unfortunately, what happened was not long into it, um, everything kind of unraveled in like a really short space of time. So what I thought was like a really secure and stable relationship um, turned out to be something totally different. And um, yeah, things 
happened that just um, absolutely brought a lot of devastation to to me at the time, and um, I didn't. It became like a like the darkest time I think I've ever experienced in my life. So, kind of everything that I knew kind of ended up kind of toppling on me, and and my heart was just like, uh, I feel like it was in thousands of pieces, and um, people write about that in songs, and I always thought they were being like really dramatic, like. Who, who, who thinks like that? Who experiences things like that? But then I was like, oh, this is actually, that's actually true. Like, that's what it feels like. Um, just, yeah, a lot of pain. Um, and that, in that time, like, every day was a real struggle to, like, get through. Um, and it was just, I was just in a lot of pain and shock and grief and stuff. Um, so I won't, <laughs> I won't go into all the details. Um, yeah, I'm sure you guys <laughs> probably don't want to know what's happening, but... Um, I reached this really low point and um, I was about to meet up with my husband to have this conversation where we were going to separate. And um, I'd come to this place where I was literally just hanging on and it was so painful and I didn't know like how to prepare for the conversation. And like all I knew to do was to like put on worship music. And so I put on this song um, called Anchor, which is a whole song song. And if you guys know it, it's like 2013. How old were you then, Jenny? 2013 or 1, whatever it is. <laughs> 4. Oh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so I won't be offended if you don't know the song, but um, all I knew was to like play the song over and over again, and I was literally like on my knees, and I was just crying out to God to help me. Um, and the lyrics are based on a scripture um, in Hebrews. You might know it. Um, It says, there's hope in the promise of the cross. You gave everything to save the world you love. And this hope is an anchor for my soul. Our God will stand unshakable. And then the bridge says, your name is higher, your name is greater. All my hope is in you. Your word unfailing, your promise unshaken. All my hope is in you. Um, And I just, yeah, so this um, song is from the scripture in Hebrews. So this hope, this confident assurance we have is an anchor of the soul. It cannot slip and it cannot break down under whatever pressure bears upon it. A sure and steadfast hope that enters within the veil of the heavenly temple, that most holy place in which the very presence of God dwells, where Jesus has entered in advance as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So this kind of, um, this kind of hope it's different from like a feeling, like a vague feeling that everything's going to work out okay. So it's a sureness and a confidence that even in that worst and most difficult time, we're not alone. So the hope that the writer's talking about here, it's like hope beyond here and now and beyond where we find ourselves and like what we're experiencing. So it's not a concept um, or wishful thinking, but it's knowing that there's actually someone who is actually aware of what we're going through, and he sees us, and he knows us. So during this time, I just got a completely new understanding of who Jesus um, Jesus is. And, and it's funny, there's people kind of talking about it this morning, um, that he's not he's not far off, or he's not like busy, like just doing other stuff, and like you have to like tap into like, just when you need him, and he's just, um, he's busy with other people or something. But I had this clarity that Jesus was like right there next to me, and that he was in the midst of everything, and that he was actively involved in like helping me through this time. And I realized that God is there for us, and he listens to our prayers because of Jesus. So it all goes through him. 
it says, therefore he is also able to save forever, completely, perfectly for eternity, those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede and intervene on their behalf with God. So in that, um, that story of the Red Sea, um, God provides a way out. So he speaks to Moses, and Moses does what he, see, what he says, and then the sea parts, and the Israelites pass through, and they make it safe to the other side. Um, so in the same way, <laughs> I love my cheesy um, images, but this is true. Jesus builds highways through our difficult situations, and he stays with us, and he helps us to identify a way out. And he can speak to us sometimes when we can't even see things for ourselves. So um, sometimes the solutions are not always obvious to what we think, um, but it will be right for us because he loves us and he knows our hearts and he knows our futures. So um, just on another bit of a tangent, I'm going to talk about markers of hope. So my brother, um, he's in Kapiti at the moment, he's engaged to a lovely Irish lady called Katie Gallagher. Um, and <laughs> we didn't really think like he was a really sentimental person. Um, but it turns out he is. So he's just got this massive tattoo like on his arm, <laughs> and it's representing like the family. And he's done like this nature thing. So each of us is like represented by a different kind of creature. Um, so Dad's like this this awesome like eagle like gliding over the seas, and um, my sister's like this big kind of barn owl like also gliding around, um, and my mum is a deer which is still, like, you know, quite a large uh, animal. So can you guess what I, I got to be? Can you see that? I'm a hedgehog. <laughs> I've been a hedgehog. Um, so <laughs> apparently the tattoo artist has never done this before. It was a first for him. Um, so that's uh, interesting. So um, why do I get to be a hedgehog? This is not linked to my personality, so I'm not, well, I don't think I am, like a prickly personality. <laughs> um, so what it is is that when I, um, my family, like, they know this story. So I became a Christian, um, and I was living in Bowie at the time as a student, and there'd be stuff going on, you know, like, you're feeling discouraged or you're feeling low, and I'd be walking back from these late-nighters, because I was a really bad crammer, um, and all of a sudden, I would just see, like, this hedgehog like up here out of nowhere um, and for me like it sounds silly but um I felt like God was speaking to me through that that he was telling me that everything was going to be okay and he was like restoring my hope in that circumstance and it actually really helped me so um it happened like so many times that like, every time I was feeling a bit low like all of a sudden like there's this sort of little creature like scurrying along um and it became like this thing I told my family and um it just kind of became synonymous with me so in the end um yeah He's now got it on his arms. <laughs> um, and he still uses it. Like, this week I saw a giant one. Like, it's almost as big as my head. Like, I was walking up and down the driveway doing my 10,000 steps. And it was, like, following me, <laughs> following me around. It was really weird. And the last time I saw one was actually on the anniversary of when my dad passed away. So, yeah. Um, something I've learned is that Jesus wants to be involved in our lives. And he wants to speak to us. And he wants us to have hope. And he wants us to know his purpose. Um, yeah, so in this time that I was talking about, um, I learned this to a whole new level. Um, so literally, like, every single day for, like, months on end, he found a way to speak to me through many different things, like, not just hedgehogs, but other things as well. Um, and so, um, yeah, I won't go into all of them, but another thing that um, 
another way that God can speak to us is obviously through people. Um, so this week we were catching up with friends, and we were talking about COVID, which is like everyone's favourite topic. Um, and it came up about the subject of hope. And everyone was going around and saying, oh, like, what does hope mean to you? Or, like, how do you have hope? And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, they don't even know what I'm talking on this week. And I was just, like, taking notes. And, like, <laughs> then it got to me and I was like, oh, so by the way, <laughs> like, thanks, guys. Um, but what came out um, really clearly was that, yeah, the overwhelming message is that God uses people to speak to them, um, to bring them encouragement, and then to lift like our heads and our hearts when we can't lift their own when they're too heavy. And I can definitely testify to this too. Um, like, oh my gosh, Chris and Amy were like really amazing at this time. <laughs> like, yeah, really, really amazing. Um, and there's lots of other like friends and family that have been as well. And, um, and what they prayed for me at the time and what God spoke to me, even through people that I'd never even met before, um, God was like, I don't know, he was there. Um, and the other thing is he can turn terrible situations into something that you never think is possible at the time. So in Romans it talks about this. So let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experiencing enjoying, and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power. And not only this, but with joy, let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardship, distress, pressure or trouble produces patient endurance, and endurance, proven character, spiritual maturity, and proven character, hope, and confident assurance of eternal salvation. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us, because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So the way um, that God spoke to me then was not just for me, and I believe that he wants to speak to all of us, and he wants to continually have conversations with us. And uh, my markers of hope are not going to be your markers of hope. So, like, not everyone <laughs> cares about hedgehogs that much. <laughs> or is into, like, little animals or is, like, out late at night. Um, so, like, he's going to speak your language, whatever that language is. And he will use, like, what makes sense to you and what you care about. And he wants to communicate this message of hope. And he wants to um, speak and encourage us through whatever we're going through. He wants to fill us with hope. And he wants to reassure us of his goodness. He wants us to look to him. And he wants us to be free and loved and to be healed. Um, so, yeah, about two weeks before Nick had asked if I could share. Um, and I didn't know that Sam was going to take peace and I would get hope. <laughs> um, but I was walking along the river and I felt God just sharing his heart with me. And I um, just wanted to share it with you. I've got this picture in the chosen, which you guys might have seen. It's always a really beautiful picture. So this is what he what he said. Um, I speak redemption, 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 redemption. So he said that word literally four times. So I think he was trying to make a point. <laughs> it's who I am. It's my own nature. I desire to see people redeemed. I long to see people redeemed. My heart is for people, not against people. My heart is to heal, to set free, to liberate. I don't desire to see people hurt, trapped, or devastated by loss. I desire that people have hope and it overabounds in their lives. My heart is for them. I know everything in their hearts. My desire is for them. 
I want to satisfy them with good things, with things that will last, with eternal things. I love them, and I want you to love them too. So that was like the challenge to me, I guess, and um, yeah, the challenge to all of us. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, but I just wanted to like pray for everyone here, I guess, if that's cool. Yeah, God, I just thank you um, so much for everyone here and and all that you're doing um, in everyone's lives and that whatever people have gone through or are going through or will go through, God, that you are our hope and we can trust you and and you um, you can make a way for us, Lord, through any situation. And I pray, Lord, that we that we look around us and see within our world like who can we who can we encourage like who needs hope. What can we do to be um, hope bearers for them, Lord? And I just pray that you open our eyes to to see who's in our world, Lord, and that we that we tap into your hope, Lord, and that we can share it with others, Lord.